to the Chicago 15, slot right, single receiver, Hester to the left, press coverage, snap to Haney, throws it over the middle, Wisconsin Sports Trilogy presents the Packers Trilogy Podcast. Hey, yo, Packer fans, what's going on? Welcome to the Packers Trilogy Podcast presented by the Wisconsin Sports Trilogy, the podcast for diehard Packer fans by diehard Packer fans. I am your host, Trevor. You can find me on Twitter at Bender underscore Trevor. And as always, you can find our podcast on Twitter, Facebook, Instagram at Trilogy underscore pod. We are here. Round one of the 2023 NFL Draft is in the books, and the Packers made their pick at 13, and we will get into that in just a second. Um, obviously, if you're, if you're listening to this, you probably know the player, so we're going to dive in to that player a little bit. We won't go ultra deep. Um, but I do think it's important to talk about him a little bit, um, talk about a little bit of comparisons that I've seen and heard that I think are apt in the player that we are getting. So with the 13th pick in the 2023 NFL draft, the Green Bay Packers select Lucas Van Ness, the edge from Iowa. So I want to just talk about this a little bit, uh, before we go too far, um, a couple podcasts ago in the Mock Draft Review podcast, I talked about Lucas Van Ness because he was being mocked to the Packers, which when you think about it, he is through and through a Packers player, and we'll get that get to there in a second. But it just I compared him to Rashawn Gary. It felt it feels very similar to the Rashawn Gary pick, right? In 2019, we take Rashawn Gary at 12 overall. We t- take Lucas Van Ness here at 13th overall. Uh, we, If you talk about the players in college, both uh, don't have very big production in terms of their sack totals. They're get, rushing the passer totals. Um, in They're both Big Ten players. They both do a good job against the run. You know, they set strong edges. They have very high motors. They're both very athletic. They're very fast. They're very strong. All of this stuff, just, it was, it's very similar, right? Rashawn Gary, um, Lucas Van Ness, you can say all of those things about both of those players in college. Now, Rashawn Gary took some time to develop and took some time to grow into where he is now, which I think is, if he's not elite, he's close to an elite level pass rusher. He is a a Pro Bowl, all pro type of pass rusher in this league, which is very, very good. And I think Lucas Van Ness can be very similar to that. Now, it, it wasn't the sexy pick. And I will be the first to admit I was not the most thrilled when the pick happened. I, you guys know, it was Jackson Smith and Jigba for me. And he was on the board 
and I just thought it was too good to be true. You have a young quarterback that's starting um, his first full season as an NFL starter. It just made so much sense to go get someone that's going to directly help him and directly, you know, be a guy he can throw to and all that kind of stuff. Um, I do think defense will definitely help him if if Lucas Van Ness is good and we have two top 10, 15 edge rushers in this league for the next five, six years with Rashawn Gary and Lucas Van Ness, of course this pick helps Jordan Love. But I just thought it would make so much sense to go get a weapon for Jordan Love in this draft, being it's his first full season as a starter. But that being said, if we get a guy that develops in two years to be Rashawn Gary on the other side, you know, we have Rashawn Gary and Lucas Van Ness who are very similar players and they are both very, very good and talented and and they both amount to being, you know, all pro level or pro bowl caliber edge rushers. This is a home run pick if that's what Lucas Van Ness comes to be. Um, I've heard some comps like from two, three, or four different places I was looking at, um, which is kind of impressive, which makes me think, you know, this could be a legit comp. Uh, but they're saying Trey Hendrickson, uh, who played for the Bengals and the Saints, um, and I think that's that's a pretty good comp, I think. You know, it's a – Trey Hendrickson, he's, you know, he's not your T.J. Watt. He's not your, you know, J.J. Watt back in the day. He's not your Nick Bosa you know, elite, elite level pass rusher, but he's a guy that you can count in week in and week out to go get the quarterback, right? He Again, he's not the uber elite level edge rusher, but he is a damn good one. And if that's what we get from Lucas Van Ness, and I do think with his athletic, athletic measurables that we could actually get a guy who is better than that, better than Trey Hendrickson. Uh, but I think if, if Trey Hendrickson is, is the comp, I think that's a, that's a great comp for, uh, Lucas Van Essen. If, if that's what we get, you know, it's worth it. You know, this is such a premium, premium pick or premium, uh, position that it really, it shouldn't surprise us that this is where the Packers went. They go after, uh, Uber athletic player, at a premium, premium position, which you can you could probably argue, and I I think I probably would argue that outside of quarterback, this is the most pos- important pos- position on the football field, getting after the quarterback. So the most important is throwing the football, and the second most important is getting after the guy that throws the football, right? And then to me, third is the cornerbacks. And I thought there was a good cornerback on the board. And this is another reason why I didn't love it. You know, I wanted JSN. That was my preferred pick. But Christian Gonzalez was still on the board. And I thought he would go top five, six, seven, eight. You know, if he dropped to eight, I'd be like, wow, that's surprising. But Atlanta gets a good player. And he he dropped past us and, and considerably past us. I think the Patriots ended up getting him at like 17 or something. And it's just kind of unbelievable that you know JSN was there Christian Gonzalez was there and we take an edge rusher again I get it premium premium position an uber athlete like I I get the pick I completely understand it and I know why the Packers made it and like I said before 
I think I shouldn't be surprised by this pick. Um, I just thought the the Christian Gonzalez made a, a lot of sense to me. I get it. You know, we have J.R. Alexander. We have Eric Stokes. We have Rasul Douglas. I get it. But you can never have too many coverage players. But that's the same reason why you go ahead and draft, draft Lucas Van Ness because he is a guy that another thing you can't have enough of. Um, and that's pass rush. So if he can develop into an elite level or near elite level like Trey Hendrickson, pass rusher, this is a home run pick and you do it every time. Uh, but I just want to go through kind of the prospect that is Lucas Van Ness. So like I talked about in in this podcast so far and a couple weeks ago when I looked at Lucas Van Ness a little closely, he is an elite level athlete. So as an edge rusher, he has an RAS score. So that again is relative athletic score. So they are looking at the whole athletic measurables for each person and they compare it to other players at that same position. So a defensive end should have different um, different athletic measurables than, say, a wide receiver, right? So if a wide receiver runs a 4-5, it's, you know, it's, it's fast, but it's not like insanely fast. You're not in the 90th percentile. Whereas Lucas Van Ness runs a 4-5-8-40, and he's in the 97th percentile, right? Almost 98th percentile in terms of his speed for the position. So an uber elite speed athlete, again, 98th percentile. He's they're basically 98th percentile. He's basically 98th percentile for his 10-yard split. So to me, the top end speed, I, I don't really care about as an edge rusher. Maybe that helps, you know, get him back into a play. You know, if a running back has to bounce it outside, um, and he's, you know, he stunts from the outside. He's stunting to the middle and the other, the interior defensive lineman kind of made him bounce it to the outside, um, but doesn't, is not able to wrap him up. You know, Lucas Van Ness could, could come back and make the play there because of his top end speed like that. That is a good thing. But for me, the important thing is that 10 yard split because that 10 yard split tells me he can fly off the line, right? He's in the 97th, 98th percentile in terms of his 10-yard split. So his first step is very, very good. He is explosive, which as a pass rusher, if your first step is quick and you can get past the tackle, obviously that's a that's a big, big thing. So I think that is one of the more important athletic measurables. He's got great speed, 88th percentile there at 6'5". He's 272. Um you know, not not great size in terms of his weight. Uh, he's 76th percentile, almost 77th percentile there. His bench wasn't good, which is kind of confusing because the tape shows a very f- strong human being, a guy that can just go bench press the offensive tackle that is across from him, that can just go move the guy that's in front of him, but he didn't do well on the bench press. So... That, that one I don't understand because he's like 21st percentile for bench press. Even though, like I said, on film he shows great, great strength. So that one maybe just a bad day for him. You know, maybe he strained something and he just couldn't do as much as he normally does. You know, something like that could have happened because it doesn't match what's on film. 
Um, in terms of vertical and broad jump, nothing special. Vertical wasn't very good, 43rd percentile. Uh, broad jump was respectable, 77th percentile. Uh, like I said, his speed is elite, and he's got some pretty great agility as well. Um, his short shuttle, 84th percentile, 90th percentile for three cone. And the crazy thing is the cutoff that the Packers look for for a three cone for wide receivers is under seven seconds. Lucas Van Ness's three cone is 7.02. So he's he's not only got that first quick step burst, he's got the long speed for a guy his size, and then he also has this kind of crazy short area quickness that is basically he would be cut off in terms of if he was a wide receiver, he would be just missing the Packers cutoff for the agility scores which to me is just absolutely incredible. So you are getting a extremely, you know, based on this, a extremely fast, extremely agile with good size um, and a pretty good explosion grade, you know. So a guy that is just an extremely great athlete, again, 9.39 or 93rd, if you round up, 94th percentile athlete for the position. So, go in depth there on the athlete that is Lucas Van Ness. Now, going to the play. So, I know I want I want to get ahead of this because I know people are going to say something. Yes, Lucas Van Ness has not started a single game at Iowa. That is 100% correct. But the the Iowa football program, and I think Iowa in general, is relatively old school. Um, you know, I, I am from a wrestling background. They are kind of the creme de la creme of the college wrestling ranks. You know, they're old school in their wrestling program, all that kind of stuff. And it it's the same thing in, in the football. They, they start their seniors. They start their upperclassmen at those positions, but if you go and look, it doesn't matter because he's playing starter level reps. He's just not getting the title of starter, if that makes sense. He's he's rotating. Technically, he would be a rotational pass rusher, but he's playing more than the starters that are starting ahead of him, so it's just seriously a formality that he hasn't started at Iowa. So that doesn't concern me even a little bit. Um Lucas Van Ness did play some time uh, in mainly in 2021, I believe. He played as an interior defensive lineman, and then they kind of transitioned him out to the edge in 2022. That to me is something that can be very exciting. So I talk, I've talked a lot about this since I kind of restarted doing the podcast, and I and even before. Uh, before my big long break, I've talked about this a lot too. Is I love defensive linemen, defensive ends, edge rushers, however you want to classify those positions, I love when there's versatility. You know, Kenny Clark can play three technique. He can play nose tackle. Hell, I think Kenny Clark could play anywhere on the defensive line. Um, but that versatility is important. Rashawn Gary, you know, when we had Zadarius Smith, he's someone that rushed from the inside and the outside, right? Rashawn Gary, I think, could um, rush from the inside and rush from the outside. He's been mainly an edge for us 
at that level. But Lucas Van Ness is someone who, on third downs, when Rashawn Gary is back, right, you can put Preston Rashawn on the outside, and then you got Lucas Van Ness and Kenny Clark rushing up the middle. Again, I love, love, love that versatility, one. And two, it makes just so much sense if you can have four guys that you trust to get after the passer. And and if that's not it, you know, hopefully Devontae Wyatt, our rookie from last year, can step up and, and start playing a little bit better and pass rush because that was one of the reasons we took an interior defensive lineman, right? Because we think he can get after the pass rusher. So even early in the season, you can do things like Kenny Clark, Devontae Wyatt, and then Lucas Van Ness, Rash- or Preston Smith, while Rashawn Gary is still recovering from his ACL tear. Like, I just... It makes a lot of sense, and I think I had edge lower on my need chart than I probably should have uh, because, you know, without Rashawn Gary, and let's say Rashawn Gary doesn't play for eight games, so now if you don't draft Lucas Van Ness, you're relying on fifth-round, second-year player Ken Kingsley Anabare and Preston Smith, who is getting he's – he's a good player. He's not going to – if he's your best pass rusher, you know, I think that's concerning. And so Lucas Van Ness might not be the best pass rusher right away, you know, but I do think he's kind of, he could be one of those boomer bust pro, uh, prospects, right? He could be a guy that comes in and does nothing for you for four years and you don't bring on his uh, fifth year option and he's off the team in five years. He could also be someone who we're signing to an extension at year four. So we, you know, instead of doing the fifth year option because he is just so good and so talented. Obviously, that is what we want. He is on the Green Bay Packers now. That is what we want him to be. I am now a Lucas Van Ness fan. And I hope that he hits that boom part of his prospect rankings. You know, he. Because he has that position versatility of interior and ex, or interior defensive lineman and edge rusher, I think his his body is just he's ready to be an NFL player, right? He he is going to be able to handle offensive tackles, guards if he's put in there um, at the next level because he is just so strong and physical at the point of attack. Like I said, he is he, he's kind of like Rashawn Gary from college where he was. He was good at the point of attack. He was good in the run game. He just didn't have the pass rush repertoire that is needed to be an impactful pass rusher, right? So that is something along with what Rashawn Gary had to do is he has to, he has to be able to get better at that, right? He's, he's got to get better at rushing the passer because if he can't rush the passer, if he's just setting edges and being a beast in the run game, that to me, that's it's not worth the 13th pick. The 13th pick, you have to get someone that impacts the game. And run stuffers don't, like, yeah, they're helpful, but they're not going to impact the game like a Rashawn Gary, a Zadarius Smith, you know, you go back further, Clay Matthews, guys that get after the quarterback, they change games. And that's what we need Lucas Van Ness to do. So that is what he needs to work on is he needs to get he's got the he's got the athleticism he's got the body he's got the strength he's got all of those types of things he just needs 
to figure out how to get that pass rush repertoire improved so he can be an elite level pass rusher at the next level. And that's and that's what I'm hoping for. And that's honestly, if you're taking an edge rusher in the top 15 of the NFL draft in the first round in general, you're taking them hoping they're being elite level pass rushers because you're you shouldn't be taking them if they're not. That you know taking edge rushers on day two Generally, they don't turn out to be that good. Obviously, there's exceptions to the rules. Uh, but for the most part, if you want a good pass rusher, you take them in day one. And that's why like this pick does make some sense. Because more often than not, history tells us that pass rushers are... you need to, If you want them, you have to get them in round one. That's just how history has shown us that that is what happens in the NFL draft, but positions like tight end, wide receiver, those things, day two, day three, they can be very effective, more so day two for wide receivers, but tight ends, you know, you look at George Kittle, you look at Travis Kelsey, though they're not top picks, you know, they're third, fifth round picks, so you can find some tight ends later in the draft, uh, but the edge rushers are more difficult to find. And especially if you're looking for elite level starter caliber edge rusher at the NFL level, you know, you need to get them in the first round. You can get rotational guys like Kenzie and Igbari, like the Packers did last year, but you need, you need two legit weapons there coming off the edge. And if Lucas Van Ness hits, we could have, probably the best pass rusher or pass rushing group in the NFL at least the best two pass rusher in terms of edge rushers in the NFL in two or three years if Lucas Van Ness can work on his technique and become a better and more consistent pass rusher so that that's the big thing is expanding his pass rush repertoire and I think he will be well worth the 13th overall pick. Uh, but if not, you know, that's definitely something that can be questioned of Brian Gutekunst after this. But this was clearly someone that they've had their eye on. I think this was just, this was their guy. Um, if you kind of paid attention uh, during the draft, um, it seemed like the pick took a little bit longer. So I do think... They were kind of debating between Lucas Van Ness and at least one other prospect. Um, I guess we'll have to wait and see on that, you know, if they come out and tell us, you know, what's going on with that. But I do think that it is it is a good pick. It's not the one that I wanted or that I would have made, but I do think they made a good pick at a position of value. And this is just where the NFL is going. I think that is enough on Lucas Van Ness. I will go more in depth into him in future episodes when I have more of a chance and time to look at what's available or look more at the film and everything. Um, so, but I do want to, before I go, I do want to talk about what is available to the Packers moving forward in this draft. So some this first round was kind of crazy, um, and I just dove right into 
the Packers uh, and what they did. And we didn't even talk about the amount of trades that happened in this uh, in this draft. We didn't talk about how surprising the order was. You know, we start the trades obviously a month or so ago with the Bears trading down and Carolina moving up from nine to one. Obviously, they go ahead and take Bryce Young. Then the Texans take C.J. Stroud at two and then move up from twelve. And give up the farm. And I just, the trade I think is absolutely bonkers. But they go get Will Anderson. Um, Yeah, that trade was crazy to me. So the Cardinals gave up 3 and 105. And the Texans in return gave 12, 33, a 2024 first, and a 2024 third round pick. Which I just... That's a lot to give up for one guy, even if it's Will Anderson. That's a lot to give up. Um, and then, you know, obviously there was the Lions traded back. Then uh, the Eagles traded up to get potentially the best player in the draft. Uh, they moved up one with Chicago. You know, it, it was just craziness how how many times the there was trades and everything in this one. And then looking at what's available now, there are some damn good players on the board. So Joey Porter Jr., the cornerback out of Penn State, he he's still available. Uh, CBS has that him as their 12th ranked prospect. Brian Branch, safety out of Alabama. Will Levis, Michael Mayer, the tight end out of Notre Dame. Uh, Cam Smith, cornerback, South Carolina. Drew Sanders, linebacker, right? Arkansas. Osiris Torrance, interior offensive lineman, Florida. Darnell Washington, tight end from Georgia. Um, some interior guys, Steve Avila, John Michael Smiths. You know, just some some great, great players on the board. And to me, the most surprising is the top four that I mentioned. So Joey Porter Jr., Brian Branch, Will Levis, and Michael Mayer. I thought they would all go in the first round. Uh, Joey Porter Jr., if Christian Gonzalez wasn't on the board and JSN wasn't on the board, I would have been happy if the Packers took Joey Porter Jr. at, at 13. Um, that I can't believe he's still on the board. I think he's could be a very, very good player. Um, and Michael Mayer... If the Packers don't pick at 13 and they trade back to, let's say, 20 and still don't take Jackson Smith and Jigba, I'd be good with Michael Mayer at, you know, in the 20s. So there's a lot of good players on the board here. I don't think with, you know, obviously starting at pick 32, I don't think one of Joey Porter Jr., Brian Branch, Will Levis, Michael Mayer are going to be there. Um but it is interesting. You know, I, I do think there's a good chance Darnell Washington will be there. Um, Jalen Hyatt is someone that I would be high on. If the Packers go Lucas Van Ness, Darnell Washington, and Jalen Hyatt in the first and second round, I I have less issues with this pick because, as you guys know, Darnell Washington is kind of my guy at tight end. I would love Michael Mayer. I love Dalton Kincaid too. Um, but Darnell Washington is just kind of my guy. And then Jalen Hyatt, who I think the reason why I wanted Jackson Smith and Jigba so much is because he is such a different receiver than what we have. And Jalen Hyatt is kind of another just 
long speed type of burner guy. Um, but I don't think that would be the worst thing in the world to essentially just build a track team and have Christian Watson and all of those guys on there because that makes it very fun as an offense and makes it very easy for Jordan Love, right? I just think that that could be a good way to go. Um, So I'm just pulling up Jalen Hyatt's numbers. I don't think he ran quite as well as he would have liked at the Combine, Um, but he did run a 4-4, so plenty fast. He's six foot. Um, The thing with Jalen Hyatt is he is a little slender. He's 176. Generally, Packers like their their wide receivers a little bit heavier, but at least he's six foot, Um, but he is quick. He's got this explosive, explosive athletic profile, very vertical. Um, He's very elusive with the ball in his hand, all of those types of things. So I think if they get Darnell Washington and Jalen Hyatt here in the second round with 42 and 45, I really don't care what order they get them in. Um, I think that could be some a great start to the draft for the Packers. And again, that would make me... That would make me more okay with the Lucas Van Ness pick because I just I I want weapons for Jordan Love. I think it's important for a quarterback that is starting for his first time for throughout a full season being the full time starter. I just think it's important for him to have weapons on his side. So looking at the full athletic measurables, so not great size again, six foot one seventy six. So his size grade is not good. Um, his agility grade. So this could be the question. He had a worse three cone. Um, and let's see about the shuttle, a worse three cone and a worse shuttle than Lucas Van Ness did. So not great in terms of his agility, even though, um, he does show some elusiveness out of the break on film where he is an elite athlete. He had a 40 inch vertical, which is 96th percentile. He had an 11 foot three inch broad jump, which is just wild. 99th percentile there. And then, like I said, ran 4 4, plenty fast, 94th percentile. And he had a good 10 yard split, 97th percentile. So, overall, a very good, fast, and explosive athlete. Um, agility is fine, you know, kind of 50th percentile for agility. Um, nothing stands off the page there, but it's his speed and his explosion that could make him a very fun and interesting prospect uh, with him just needing to kind of work on his route running, which that's something Christian Watson needs to work on, get a little bit more in terms of his routes other than just running by people. But I do think it would still be very fun to have Jalen Hyatt and Christian Watson in the same offense, even though they do have kind of similar types of skill set. It would still be lots and lots of fun to watch, in my opinion. So that's what I'm looking for. Darnell Washington, Jalen Hyatt. You know, I think Sam Laporta is a guy that we could, you know, maybe talk about at 45. You know, there are some other guys out there, tight ends. If Michael Mayer is there at 42, you run the card in. But like I said, Sam Laporta. And if you're looking at tight ends a little later, you can look at you know Luke Musgraves, who I've heard a lot of different things about him. He could 
he could go at 45 to the Packers. He could also be like in the 60s, 70s. There's a lot of differing opinions on him. Um, Zach Kuntz, if you want the ridiculous athlete um, at the tight end possession, he had a perfect 10. Uh, literally the most athletic tight end we've seen. Uh, Tucker Craft in the third round, that could be out of San Diego State at tight end. Otherwise, if you're thinking about um, some other pass catchers, so wide receivers, I think, like I said, Jalen Hyatt for sure is one. Um, Josh Downs, I don't think he's going to be on the Packers board. He's just too small. Jalen Hyatt isn't big, and Josh Downs is smaller than that. You know, looking at some other guys, Jonathan Mingo, Cedric Tillman, you know, there's some some other guys that you can kind of listen for. Xavier Hutchinson's a guy I like. And then if you get even a little later in the draft, you know, looking third, fourth round, Grant Dubuso. Sorry, I butchered his name. Um, A.T. Perry's a guy I like. Devante Vion Wicks is another guy I like, fourth round-ish. Parker Washington, fourth round. You know, there are some guys later in this draft that I like. Um, but I do think it's important to get one early on day two. Um, in terms of at least one pass catcher, I'd prefer them go two pass catchers early day two and then kind of figure out and build in the rest of the draft later, fill in a uh, some more on the defensive side of the ball, you know, safety third round. If we can go Quan Martin there in the third, that would be great. Um, but that's kind of what I'm looking at. I do plan to do a wrap-up of day two podcast on tomorrow, so it'll come out on Saturday. And then we'll wrap up the whole draft as a whole. Then on Tuesday, I'll have our normal scheduled once-a-week program. But with the draft, we had to get a few extra podcasts out. Um, so that's my thoughts on Lucas Van Ness. We'll dive more into him. I'll watch more film and all that on Lucas Van Ness and the rest of our prospects. So until next time, go Pack Go.